What's up, Bench Warmers? It's Victory Monday, and we got a banger of an episode for you. Jimmy Pilato here with Nico Bryant, and we're going to get started with Nico's center of attention. He gets to show some love to the GOAT of Denver, Philip Lindsay. He had a huge game on Sunday, but we got tons more where that came from. The Bengals got a win over the Tennessee Titans as well, so that's why this is a Victory Monday podcast. We're both in our jerseys. If you're watching, uh, waiting for our YouTube episode to come out on Thursdays, you can check out what jerseys we're wearing there. Be sure to follow us on social media at FEOTBpod. That's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and uh, be sure to subscribe and turn on the notifications for the YouTube page, Far Into the Mitch YouTube. Catch us every Wednesday from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Unhinged Network. And uh, be on the lookout. We're starting it this weekend. Sunday we'll have a live two-hour lead-up show on the Unhinged Network. For Mountain for people in Denver, it's 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., but it'll be 10 to, tw- 10 to noon Eastern time. So that's all coming up with Nico and I in the Far End of the Bench podcast. Uh, so let's just let's get into this Victory Monday episode. But it's Victory it's Victory. It's, but the, the NFL is Victory Mon- Monday. I've had a large mouth pass bust my line. A couple beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off. Politicians lie, What's going on, bench warmers? I need to fill you guys in. Jimmy, I let Jimmy have the last uh, three center attentions, which was rightfully so. But it's my turn to finally give you guys some a uh, little bit of love about my team, the Denver Broncos. Last week, you saw me wear my Philip Lindsay jersey. Told you guys I wasn't going to wear back-to-back jersey, so I'm wearing my Peyton jersey. But this week's on. My, this week's the center attention is Philip Lindsay, man. The dude, he's come. He's from Colorado. Went to see you. Went to South High School. I mean, the dude is born and raised in the 303, and he is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Listen to this stat line. Last week, he on Sunday, he had six rushes for 83 yards and one touchdown. Longest, 55 yards. That was, those are stats that are ridiculous that he's only getting six touches. He leads the, he is second in the NFL um, in yards per carry at 6.2 yards. He's only behind Kyler Murray, who's a quarterback. This dude is one of the best running backs in the game. He's only getting six carries a game. Give him a little bit more love, Shermer. I'm not blaming Fangio for this because he coaches the defense, but Shermer, get that man the ball because he deserves it, man. He's He's been on a tear. He kick-started the Broncos' offense completely uh, this week and got them back in, into, the, into the game and got them into the win. Um, he is the leader of that offense, and he's where everything should start and end for the Broncos. It's Victory Wednesday. Let's go, man. It's the first weekend all season. Both our teams won, so, you know, we got to do something special. I, we're rocked out in orange. Like, this is the orange podcast, apparently. This should be sponsored by the fruit, the orange. Uh, I'm in my Anthony Munoz vintage Hall of Fame. Best offensive lineman in the game. You're in some... My, my Peyton Manning jersey, the guy who won a Super Bowl for the Broncos. I told you guys I wouldn't wear my... Back-to-back jerseys, and I would have worn in my Lindsay jersey, but I couldn't. I couldn't go back on my word. Wasn't he more of a Colt? He was more of a Colt. Still won a Super Bowl, the Broncos, so I mean, it doesn't matter. He did win a Super Bowl, so I'll give him that. But let's go. We'll do Victory Wednesday. We'll start off with the Bengals. Give some love to them. But who they? Who they? Who they say gonna beat them Bengals? Nobody. Only reason I'm gonna let you do that first because you guys wore your crispiest jerseys you have. That's, Those yeah, white jerseys the it gave you so it gave you so much extra oomph too on that. I mean, it was also we we dominated our win. 
you guys get some love for the comeback. We dominated a team that everybody thought was pretty good in the Tennessee Titans. So now let's give some love to the Broncos. You you know what the Broncos are like? Man, it's just a mile high salute, baby. Like it's it, it's Denver sports. If your initials are LAC, do yourself a favor and don't play a Denver team. Do not play a Denver team. Because if you're the Clippers, you're the Chargers, you're an LA team with a C, don't play Denver, baby, because leads are meant to be broken. That was bad. And I even picked the Broncos last week saying the Chargers find a way to lose in Denver. The Chargers find a way to lose, period. Have you seen the stat that Barstool posted earlier today? It's bad. 38 games in the last five years that they've lost by one possession or less. It's that's the definition. I'm not gonna say like mentally weak, but like they just find weird ways. We've been hard on the Falcons for Chargers. The Falcons, if they were to play each other, someone would have to win. That game may go. I think they they play at some point this year because the uh, AFC West and the NFC South are all playing each other. But I mean, we've been giving a lot of crap to the Falcons. The Chargers deserve a healthy heaping as well because that's. That's not good what they've been able to do. Yeah, let, let, let's talk about that game a little bit. So all those Justin Herbert hype train, Jimmy was kind of on that because he was off of it. He was off of it, but he gave him love at the beginning of the year. So I'll, I'll say a little bit hype train. But all those guys on the Herbert hype train, just want to give y'all, fill y'all in. Just Drew Locke outplayed Justin Herbert. Facts. No. 100% facts. No. 90, 90, 90% passer rating on, or on Sunday. Drew oh. Or... Justin Herbert threw two interceptions, costly, had chances to seal the win, and couldn't put touchdowns in the end zone. Only was able to put up field goals, and their defense fell apart, and Drew Locke dominated in the second half. I'm not going to give you the fact that he outplayed him, because in the first three quarters, Drew Locke was quarterbacking one of the worst offenses in Broncos history. And that's not... First two, that's, two that's, quarters and a half. Let's not... End of the third quarter, it was a completely he different finished, story. He finished the game... It was like watching a team to the Broncos when Tebow was the quarterback, because... You just had a feeling something was going to ma- happen, some sort of magic was going to happen at the end of the game. And it was great. It brought back all those great memories. The story, especially around the Denver sports media market, has been it's similar to when Elway went into Baltimore and beat the Colts in his rookie season. Hadn't looked great up until that point. Ends up leading a huge comeback in the fourth quarter. But Justin Herbert did not get outplayed by Drew Locke because Drew Locke was as bad a quarterback as I've seen play for the Broncos. He, he was Trevor Simeon reincarnate up until he hit some magic clutch. He had some magic clutch gene in the third quarter that he hit, but up until that point, he was a bad quarterback, and it was a bad game that he was playing. He he finished the game better, but he did not outplay Justin Herbert. He outplayed him because he walked away with a W, and what didn't go home on a plane back to L.A., San Diego, whatever it may be, so he did outplay him. He just got bailed out by the defense. The defense finally did what they were supposed to do. Kareem Jackson bailed him out after his bad interception. Bryce Callahan. Bryce Callahan yeah, did bail him out. out. The, Kareem Jackson was all over the field, headhunting. I, I thought Steve Atwater had put, put pads back on and was out there playing again. He was laying people out. Sometimes his own player, A.J. Bouye, friendly fire, but it happens. Um, the defense did look pretty good, and uh, it was a good win, and it does feel like now it's not out of the realm of possibility. They're, up, they're in the hunt now. One and a half games back. Yeah, One and a half games back. Next three opponents are the Falcons mm-hmm. on the road. Oakland at home, and then we go, or then we play Miami as well. Three very, very winnable games. You then can get yourself one game above 500, and you're right in the wild card spot. Are we Super Bowl contenders? No, not right now. Are we playoff contenders? Hell yeah, we are. It's def- It's better than I thought they were ever going to be going into the halfway point of the season. I didn't think that they would be able to win some of the games that they have. Uh, and now my my ESPN is not pulling up, but I can't think of. 
I, I thought that they would they had a chance to take to steal one against the Titans and I thought after that they would kind of go downhill but they've bounced back fairly well all of our say. losses are against teams who are in the playoffs let me remind you that all of our four losses Chiefs best in their division Titans first second in their division Steelers undefeated like and I'm I'm spacing on the last one but Buccaneers, Buccaneers who are also top of their division mm-hmm. all teams who are in the playoffs. We've beat the Patriots on the road. Chargers with the next big thing, Justin Herbert. Beat him after being down 21 points. That's three-touchdown lead. If you can't hold a three-touchdown lead in 20 minutes in the second half, your, your team's not good. That's, that's plain and simple. Your team's not good. Well, let's be honest. Nobody thought this Broncos offense going into yesterday was going to be able to score 31 points after what it had looked like. Drew Locke came into the game the 33rd out of 33 starting quarterbacks in the league that season up until this point. There's the argument to be made that we hadn't really seen this offense altogether because Philip Lindsay was hurt week one, and then Cortland Sutton hasn't been able to be out on the field. But this is the first time they had a couple games to get used to each other. Pat Shermer is a awful offensive football play caller. He is not good at calling plays. He, he did the right thing towards the end of the game. I don't know if he was told to or if he decided to, but scrap, the, scrap whatever game plan we came up with and, and go let the kid play the way that he likes to, and it ended up working for him. But Pat Shermer, needs to be, the offense needs to be figured out. So this is not – I feel good about the win, but I don't feel where you feel about the win because I don't have faith that this offense is going to be scoring 31 points every single week. The thing is, it doesn't matter if you don't have to score 31 points. Your defense just needs to hold the other team under 20. And the defense has shown that. I mean, besides the, I mean, last week against the Chiefs, it was a shit show. But a lot of those points weren't on the defense. It was, it was on the offense being terrible. This week, they got um, stronger towards the end of the game, but they started off fairly slow. Exactly. But the offense, defense is this week. I mean, it was not as good in the second half as it was in the first half, and that kept us in the game. And then the defense stepped up. And when the defense was struggling, the offense was able to get through. Shermer has not been a good, good or good offense coordinator as of yet right now. But the one thing I will have to say is. You have to keep him around. You cannot get rid of him because the lock, Drew Lock, can't have three old coordinators in his three first three years. You have to stick with Shermer. Let Shermer develop his offense around Drew Lock. Get that thing going, and it starts with making Philip Lindsay your RB one. Listen to this stat: Philip Lindsay in his two 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 first seasons in the NFL has had a thousand yards rushing. One of seven players to do it. Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, and Philip fucking Lindsay. The dude is an animal, and he's getting six touches? There's a problem right there. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's got a hype, but Bill Lindsay only getting six touches after he's put up back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons is ridiculous. Alvin Kamara hasn't been able to do that. Todd Gurley hasn't done that. Le'Veon Bell hasn't done that. Nick Chubb hasn't done that. And all these guys are top running backs in the league. And we're not talking about Phil Lindsay enough. It's ridiculous. That offense started with Phil Lindsay going off and digging that touchdown. Melvin Gordon wouldn't have gotten that far. Let's be honest. He wouldn't have hit the hole like Lindsay does because no one runs downhill harder I've seen in the NFL right now than Phil Lindsay. And that's why the offense needs to go through him. If Drew Locke, once Drew Locke got comfortable, it was after Philip Lindsay was running the ball hard. The best thing a young quarterback can have is a good running game because that opens everything up. Yeah, but you got to be willing to open yourself up. That anything that they did in the first three quarters yesterday should not be called again in the season. I don't care if Shermer has more time to establish his offense. His offense sucks. He was established in the last couple places that he's been. His offense just doesn't produce. 
So they need to figure out something new. Somebody has to tell him that he has to figure out a way to update his offense to the talent that he has around him because he's not doing that right now. KJ Hamler doesn't fit in a Pat Shermer offense. Jerry Judy doesn't really fit in a Pat Shermer offense. It definitely doesn't work with what the, the Broncos' strong suit is right now, which is their running backs and their tight ends. Noah Fant and Okawebanon. Uh, <laughs> That's how you say his last name. I, I'm oh, fairly, uh, fairly certain. <laughs> Just call him Alberto. <laughs> I've, I've heard people say say it that way. I'm not as bad as the CBS guys were yesterday, but uh, they they don't play the way that the team is built strength-wise. Yes, you have a lot of guys to get onto the field, but you don't have the offensive line to block for five guys out in the route. And l- let me say this. I'm not saying his name yet because he had another three penalties on Sunday. 72, get your shit together because that first half was on the old line too because Drew Locke didn't have a whole lot of time either. 72, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He was playing Joey Boza, but still, you got to be better than that. You've had a great first first couple games, but this past week, you were not good. And that's, you're supposed to be the set in stone of the O-line. And he did not have a good week. He had three penalties and people were booing him before the game, rightfully so. I was able to go, luckily, again, which was a lot nicer than last week. But um, 72 needs to play better. I'm still not saying your name. No, he, but you, the Broncos need to sign him and I would sign him now rather than getting to the end of the season. He he needs a new contract ASAP because you, he at least showed this year that he can improve. So if you maybe get him a little bit longer, maybe develop him a little bit more, get some more guys better around him, he could end up being something. I'll, I'll give him that. He has shown the promise to now, if he does hit free agency, he's going to get a big contract because some other team will take will take the chance to try and make him their their guy. So he's got to resign. If he does it, if he's, he plays like he did this past week, then you don't pay him. But if he played like he did the first four or five weeks, then that's a completely different story. Here, here's the shitty thing if you're a Broncos fan. What are you going to do? Because the draft this year is not huge in the offensive line. There's like one or two, and you could end up falling in the right spot for the draft to pick that guy in the right in the right spot. But if you let your left tackle go, you're not gonna you're not gonna keep Dotson around for a long long much longer because him getting it down in his stance, I can hear his bones creak every single time that he's down there, and he he shifts three or four times in his stance. It should be called, but I, I understand it. It's a, not a, a comfortable position. I, you still got to sign Garrett Bowles just so that you don't have that extra hole to fill. Why give yourself another hole to fill when you have a guy who has shown that he could be decent there? I'm, I'm going to give Garrett Bowles a little bit more benefit of the doubt because he's shown all, all I ever wanted. Because You're saying his name, Jimmy. I, I know I'm saying his name because I'm giving – all I ever wanted him to do was learn how to play football, and, he, and he's shown – because he only played two years in college. So he's shown that he's learning it a little bit more. The penalties have gone down. I don't know if the refs just decided, fuck it, he's going to hold, so I call it. But it's gotten better. it's gotten good enough to the point where I give him money. Right the Broncos' the offensive line in the middle is set in stone. Cushionberry is going to be your center for the next few years. Reisner is going to be your left guard, and Glasgow signed for another year after this, so that's going to be locked in stone. Next year, you just have to worry about the tackle situation. Maybe you bring back Jawan James and try to throw him at right tackle and hope Bowles gets better left tackle. Maybe that's a whole thing. But either way. Um, there's a lot of other holes to fill, especially down defensive end too. That could be happening, but you gotta sign Bulls. I think, Fuck seventy two in the offseason. I think they need to sign offensive line. They can get their offensive line right. Schlotman played really well at right guard too. I'm gonna give him mm-hmm. some credit this no, past week. They looked better than they had, uh, other than Joey. Bo- Joey Bosa always has Garrett Bulls' number, yeah. so that's that's nothing new. Um, but I, they can finally. You can stop the bleeding at offensive line. I think they need to draft offensive line or at least go big free agent for ta- the other tackle position. Don't don't redo whatever J- with Juwan James. He's shown that he's not going to play. But they 
I feel much better, and, I, and I'm a very slight Broncos fan just because I live so close and get to hear all the different things, and, and, and I'm around it all the time. I feel better after this win than I did after the Patriots win, after any of the other games this season. This feels more like a, a true thing that's going to be able to, to continue to happen. And this actually gives gives me a little bit of hope for the Broncos. This is, we're talking about things right now that can elevate the Broncos to the next level. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Broncos are a cusp playoff team because they've shown I'll, it the first I'll say, seven weeks. I'll say that they're a playoff contender now because I hadn't set it up until this So year. now all these, all these adjustments are now the things that will get us in competition with the Chiefs. And teams like the Chiefs, teams like the Steelers, stuff like that. Right now, we can beat teams that are worse than us and they're about the same. But now we got to take that next step to move on. But right now, I, I like where we're at. So we, we got lots of grow on. Our offense is very young still, very young. Yeah. This so. this gives you at least a little bit of hope that maybe a you lot have your first winning season in three years. It's true. After we, not having back-to-back losing seasons for 20 however long that Mr. Bowling was on like 34 years. Yeah, and, and now you had – Three back to back. This gives you a little bit of hope that maybe we can, maybe the Broncos can dig out of this hole. Speaking of another team that's in a hole, we're going to talk about the Bengals because they did something that surprised everybody on Sunday. Maybe it shouldn't have. You could say the Titans were probably frauds because they really, I mean, they beat the Broncos week one and then they they had played good teams and it looked decent, but they hadn't. The Steelers game was supposed to be their big test. They didn't look great in the first part of that game, and then now. They, their defense got exposed. Their that, defense is not as good as it has been. Losing Jarrell Casey hurt them a lot more than I think they thought it would. And, and uh, Joe Burrow just diced up their defense. It was a good day for the Bengals. You know, Joe, Joe Burrow had himself a day. Like I said, those white unis, man, you got to make them their primaries or make them your primary ways or do something different because that jersey is the same jersey you guys have been wearing for a fat minute that you're wearing. I honestly so, like the retros better, but I, this is, I, I would go for something new. Either way, but I mean, that... The, the way the Titans play football, like where they want to pound the ball as hard as they can, and just, um, and and just like have themselves a day, like it's it's just one of those things where like it's just ridiculous. Um, like Derrick Henry was going to run the ball forty times a day, forty times a game, mm-hmm. and he and if for that to happen, your defense has to um, make make like make changes and make adjustments and slow the game down so your offense can do that. Because if not, then you're making Tannehill play the game like how he should not be doing yeah. and that's forcing things down the field and they did what surprised me and I'll give you the stat line of the top performers for the Titans in, in passing run, rushing and receiving Tannehill finished 18 of 30 for 233 yards two touchdowns not a bad game not a bad game Derrick yeah. Henry 18 carries for 112 yards he had a touchdown Corey Davis eight receptions 128 yards and a touchdown and yet the Bengals still won by 11 they still won 31 to 20 so it's not like Everybody showed up, and Tannehill had five interceptions. Derrick Henry didn't rush for over 40 yards, and they didn't have a receiver. They were making plays, but the defense now is they're talented, and, and they've gotten a lot better. The Bengals' defense is now to the point where uh, they could stop. you can move the ball between the 20s. Their red zone defense has gotten so much better with the bolstering at linebacker, getting rid of crybaby Carlos Dunlap. You bitch, I hate you. Uh, screw your 10 years in the jungle. The way that you left me means that you have no right to be there. Uh, but the defense is, is a lot better. They played a lot better. And Geno Atkins still is out. So they have Geno Atkins coming back at some point. They, they look good. I, I re- was really happy with the way that they played. And Joe Mixon, their best offensive player, didn't even play. Yep. So they, There's they, a lot to build on for the Bengals, 100%. The Titans, their defense, I mean, you saw they, they went out and, and traded for Desmond King from the Chargers. Yeah. 
Chargers look like they're tanking again this year. I'm um, trying to get some more weapons for Herbert because now they have a quarterback to build upon. Um, so it looks like they're in the shitter all over again. But it, I, I think Titans will still win their division. I think that division's still um, theirs to lose. But they, they have to they have to be better than that. And, but I'll, I'll give more credit to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's a stud still. Yeah. I'll say it to everybody. Joe Burrow's a stud. Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow not going nowhere. He's going to retire at Bengal. Very rich. You better hope man. so. You better hope oh, so. He's, he's if he doesn't retire at Bengal, you better have their heads. I'll, I'll let you join the Broncos t- fan base. Uh, it, would be, it would be full-scale riot in Southeast Ohio <laughs> and North, North Kentucky because Joe Burrow, I mean, you forget that Athens loves him because he's raised so much money for, like, his hometown and the, the, the hungry, the starving children. He's raised a ton of money for them, and he he's elevated every single place. His dad is a legend at the University of Ohio. He has so many fans all throughout that region that, that he's going to be there for a long time, and he's, he's going to be a fixture, and he's more than happy with it because, yeah, it would be great to be on a team who's going to be competing for championships, but I think Burrow wants to be on the team that he like takes to the championship. He doesn't want to be just a piece. He wants to be the guy that they built the championship. Burrow to the Bengals is what all Browns fans thought Baker would be. And Baker hasn't showed it yet, but there is some there's just some positive in spurts and spurts. We'll talk I mean talk about another quarterback who I I'm, I'm going to say it now. I think the Packers I have said it for the last couple weeks. We're going to stop having this we can't say Aaron Rodgers is a bad man anymore until he comes out and proves yeah, that he's, he's a bad a, man. He's got to be better than that. Vikings beating the Packers for their second win of the season, twenty-eight to twenty-two in Lambeau. Dalvin Cook had him a day though. Uh, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, Cook had him a day. Dalvin Cook played well enough that he took the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands. We'll just say it that. That's way. Dalvin Cook was a stud this past week. He, You'll hear about him later for me, but Dalvin Cook was a stud. Dalvin Cook earned his contract and Kirk Cousins' contract because they didn't have to worry about him screwing up towards yep. the end of the game. Uh, but the, the Packers are mentally soft, and they, they got have be been better. for the last two two years. They should have been. They they sh- they were considered a contender for the NFC last year, and they got dominated twice in for- in uh, San Francisco, a team that's notorious. The 49ers are notorious for being soft. I said it when they played on uh, Sunday Night Football in mid midpoint of the season. I said that the Packers are going to destroy the 49ers because they're just better, fit more physical. The defense has gone away. Aaron Jones on with not on the offense has taken away their identity. It's a lot. It, it's bad. It, it, I'd say it's panic mode in in Green Bay. Because Losing you, at home too, especially to Minnesota, that's that's you're such keeping big you're keeping Chicago alive. You're gonna have to do what you did in 2010 and go through a wild card spot when you have one of the most talented teams in the league. You have the I think the most talented quarterback to ever play the position in Aaron Rodgers, at least for what he's shown right now. And you're gonna waste it again if you don't figure out some way to get your team in, in a little bit better mental condition. Which I don't know what you do for that. And that goes all the way back to the draft. Mm-hmm. You can, there are so many. This is one of the best receiver classes we have seen in a very long time. Harry Harry Ruggs was, is, has been shown shown his spurts. Jerry Judy has shown his spurts. Um, Stevie Lamb has been really was really good when T. Dak Higgins, was playing. T. T. Higgins in T. Higgins has been good. Uh, Chase Claypool has been Chase one of the Claypool, best yeah. players in the NFL thus far. Like there's there's a lot. Of things the Packers could have done to help Aaron Rodgers out, and still are not doing it. I mean, you're wasting his career. Too, Anything. Yeah, they had an offensive. Bakhtiari's gone down with an injury earlier on in the season. They they really set them. They thought that they were playing checkers when everybody else was playing chess or whatever the saying is. Probably the other way because chess is more difficult to play than checkers. Obviously, I was a member of the chess club and the checkers <laughs> club back in in elementary school, um, but. They, they thought they were doing the smart thing. What they really did was tank themselves when they are in – they're in their window right now. They're, wait, they're looking to extend their window just like they got lucky with Aaron Rodgers back 
in the mid to late 2000s after Favre was done. They thought they were doing that. They ended up not getting their guy for the future because everything I've heard about Jordan Love is terrible. Mm-hmm. He hasn't looked good. And now you're going to be wasting your current guy. It's, it is very similar to the Favre story. That, we're in the conversation of like, like how it is in basketball. Where is Giannis going to go next? Because the Bucks are wasting him too. Now it's going to be where is Aaron Rodgers going to go next? I mean, it's it's the point where the Packers seems as though they've shipped the Aaron Rodgers sale. That 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 ship is either done either next year or the year after. And Jordan Love is the future, which is ridiculous because Aaron Rodgers is still in his prime. I mean, they still in his prime. They fired Mike McCarthy and brought in Matt Lafleur because Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to update his offense. They've made every single move to quote-unquote, use Aaron Rodgers in his window, and what they've done is they probably pissed him off to the point he's going to leave, just like they did with Favre, and they, they've they wasted... I mean, Devontae Adams is a great receiver. Aaron Rodgers is great. They've had Bakhtiari. They've had great Aaron Jones has had its spurts as well. I mean, when they had a window to win two or three championships, become a dynasty, and they just got 1-1 and, and just got rubbed out. Could just be, the way the, the same way Favre did back in the 90s. You could be talking, we could be talking about the Packers dynasty like we have been with the Pats. Aaron yeah. Rodgers could have four Super Bowls by now, but the Packers have been unwilling to draft a weapon for Aaron Rodgers in the first round in so many years. And that's, that's I don't know, because my organization has its own problem problems, obviously, with the Bengals. I'm sure you have things that you'd like to the Broncos to do differently, but at least the Packers are a difficult fan base to be a part of right now because all your team does is try and set themselves up to win one Super Bowl and then set themselves up for the next guy to come in and win a Super Bowl because Favre should have won two or three. He was a four, I think he won the MVP four times or something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. He should have been able to win two or three Super Bowls in the 90s, solidify that dynasty. Rodgers should have won in probably... 20, 2009, 2010, maybe 2012, they had really good teams in Green Bay. I don't know if I'd be able to live as a fan of a franchise that sets themselves up for one championship and then just gives a shit with whatever else happens yep. in that guy's career. Just look for the next one. It's like re, re-upping on a The Packers moved on from Favre at the right time, and yeah. now they're not going to move on from Aaron Rodgers at the right time. They're going to move on way too soon. Way, way too soon. Aaron Rodgers, I'm still going to say it. He's a bad man, but like he, he has to have help. He has to have help. And, and the Packers organization has not done that. If I was one of those people that leave in Green Bay and have ownership over the team, I'd lose my shit. Because you got because this wide receiver pool, like I said, has been incredible. What are my and, stocks doing? And you draft Jordan Love, who's not going to play for another two, three years. I invest in two things, dairy cows and the Packers, and you guys aren't doing anything. What is What are my tax dollars doing here? It's uh, that's a very interesting. That thirty for thirty is going to be wild when we when it comes out. It'll be almost as good as the four falls of Buffalo. Mm Buffalo is still one of the saddest fan bases I think in the NFL. I I love all you people if you are part of the Bills mafia, but it's been a rough go. It's been a rough go for the Bengals with the thirty year playoff drought, and but but the Packers. I think like my team just treating me as a subscription each (laughs) every fifteen years. Re up on your subscription, we'll win a Super Bowl, and then. I think, just a think that's probably as, as bad as it could be. Um, the, one, the next game I want to talk about, the probably best game of the weekend, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens. I, I know you hate the, both these teams, but I picked the Steelers to win previously. You had Baltimore, and for some reason, Lamar Jackson doesn't like throwing the ball to Marquise Brown and doesn't like throwing the ball to Mark Andrews, and I don't get it. He's try, the, the Ravens are trying to do way too, make him do way too much. Way, way too much. The Steelers just dice them up right at the end of the game. Big Ben 
Found Claypool in the back of the end zone, and it looked like way, it was way too easy. Their defense needs to be better as well. And we thought we'd see that when they drafted um, – who, who, they drafted Patrick Queen, Patrick Queen out of LSU. Yeah. Like, they need to be better. I, I, th- this game didn't happen in my mind because both these teams can go suck it for all I care. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think that the Ravens are actually doing the right thing with him. Because I've said it the past two years, if you get him in the playoffs, all you have to do is throw six DBs on the field so you can cover everybody in the route. And then he's not the fastest on the field, so you can come up and contain him. It's been shown to beat him twice in the playoffs. This last year, I don't know if you remember, but they were the number one seed coming in and got upset by a wild card team at home. So I think the Ravens are trying to transition him to more of a quarterback. He doesn't throw to receivers well. He throws to tight ends very well. I don't know what's going on with him and Mark Andrews, but he doesn't look right. The Steelers' defense is really good because I think they're the best in the NFL right now. They are the best, and and they probably could go down. It's similar. It feels similar to the Broncos' twenty fifteen defense, where they could maybe be considered in the all times. We'll see how it goes. And they for just them made the next... a trade as well for the Jets linebacker. Jets yeah. are in a fire sale as it is, but that, I mean that's going to be going to help even more with uh, and Bush then being hurt. Once Devin Bush comes back, yeah. they'll have that guy again. I think Devin Bush is. Honestly, he's the only generational talent that I think has come through and has really lived up to that level. But, like, their defense is... I'd, I'd argue uh, T.J. Watt has been... T.J. Watt T.J. Watt's is, in yeah, that conversation, he's too. Been, but. He's been great. But, like, these guys, their defense is so good that Ben Roethlisberger didn't play very well, 21-32. He just didn't turn the ball over what they needed last year. Don't turn the ball over. Maybe throw a touchdown or two late in the game. But the defense is going to keep it close enough and maybe score some points to where we're not going to have to do much if... If Hodges and Rudolph didn't have turnoveritis, the Steelers would have been probably the one or two seed in the AFC last That's year. That's how good their defense is, and now it's it's coming Make to fruition. A, and I hate yeah. it. I hate it with everything in me. The La- Steelers. Yeah, last year trading for Minka Fitzpatrick, That's, one of the most underrated trades. Like the Dolphins gave up on him way too soon. He is yeah. he is the top two safety. Imagine man. Imagine what he right would now. do right now in Miami because Jesus. the Dolphins actually look good. It's it's weird because they both teams ended up coming out on a decent end of it. Yeah. They got three, two or three first round picks for from the Steelers. And the Steelers lose two or three first round picks, but gain a first round pick. Because I don't think that the Steelers could have drafted anybody this year that would have been producing like Mika has since he's been on no, the team. No, the Alabama like cornerbacks and safeties are are something to be talked about. Yeah. Like Mika is a stud. Like it's it's crazy that Miami gave up on him, but. They're not in a bad spot. I, I know I, this is my upset of the week. I picked it. I had the Dolphins taking down the Rams. It was, it was, it was a wild one. Tua did not look great. Los Angeles is about to forget football season exists. Oh, my gosh. Football season. And they're going to go back to start cheering for the Dodgers and Lakers. Because yeah. uh, they don't want to talk about football. There, I, I know you're not on TikTok, but there's been some great ones where it's like people are doing skits as the, the Lakers and the Dodgers. It's like, the Lakers like, what the hell are you doing, bro? And he looks at it, and the Rams are five and threes. I don't. I thought we were doing pretty good. Like we're not. We're over five hundred. It's like if you don't come back with a chip, we're disowning you. And he like flinches at him. They're they're about to get. They just built that brand new stadium in Inglewood. They're about to get evicted, kicked out. They're gonna have to go back to St. Louis and, and battle the Battle Hawks for the dome. It's 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 dire straits for the Rams right now. Yeah, if if you're not the Dodgers or the Lakers, L.A. is not the place to be for sports. It's 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 the top two teams, how it always has been, Dodgers, Lakers, and everyone else just sucks. Clippers, fuck, I'm going to say it every week, Clippers blew a 3-1 lead, baby. Never forget um, that choke job. The Chargers, 
They shouldn't be in L.A. They should still be in San Diego because yeah, they're Diego a piss-poor organization. Really they're a piss-poor organization who can't fill up their own stadium when, when they with their own fans when it's they actually no COVID. Exactly. Like, it's ridiculous. The Rams, I thought we, everyone had this big hype train around them, and then you lose the Dolphins with a starting quarterback whose first career start. Hey, he's played like not. shit. Tua did not look good. Like Aaron Donald, I mean, we were talking about Aaron Donald's going to kill Tua. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. He got to him. He got to him once, but... He should have dominated. Good thing about that game is Tua came out without an injury. So it's true. There we go. Um, let's move on from the NFL because college football was pretty fucking wild this week. College football too. was wild. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the biggest upset, I guess, on paper: Texas taking down Oklahoma State. There goes the Big 12's chance at a shot in the college football playoff. A one-loss Big 12 champion and Not a one-loss SEC champion are two very vastly different things, especially when it's Oklahoma State and not Oklahoma. Yeah, this, Oklahoma State, Big 12 is completely out of the Big picture. Big 12 that's, is out. It, they did the same thing that Oregon did to the Pac-12 last year where they, they screwed themselves by losing and they're pro- everybody else has already beaten the top schools in the conference, so now you're not going to have anybody else sneak into there. Um, so they ended up screwing the pooch on that one. They, that, the it, was their, it was their one chance to get everything right and get packed, or get the Big 12 back into the Final Four, but it's not going to happen. Big Big Twelve has had big, uh, no I mean, pun Oklahoma's intended, been, good games, yeah. but like it's not. Oklahoma's not been enough. kind of carrying the conference for the past few years. They've always been. I think they've been in the playoff every year except for maybe one or two that it's been around. I think, yeah, every year but one or mm-hmm. two. So it'll be different not having a Big Twelve champion in. SEC fans are lo- big. Big Ten and SEC fans are loving it now. Um, Wisconsin, I don't think, is in consideration anymore with no. the COVID stoppage. Um, but if another team goes undefeated, I actually don't know if there's another undefeated team in the Big Ten. But if no, they have a, a one-loss uh, runner-up, then maybe Big I, Ten gets two teams yeah, in Yeah, I think a, a Big Ten team is locked in already. I think One Big Unless, Ten, but I, thought, I think if they now maybe like if they have a one-loss runner-up, it's the same thing where – a team in the oh, SEC, SEC loses. like Alabama loses yeah. in the SEC championship. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think, like, like we've been saying, SEC and and the um, like is is one of the best conferences. I yeah. know you don't think so, but they are one of the better conferences. And there's more there there's more likely a chance now that there's SEC is going to get two teams. I would say that Cincinnati benefits from this a lot too, or the the group of five teams that aren't going to be. I think the one team that benefits the most out of this is going to be Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame now, even if they lose this week um, to to Clemson, which we'll talk about talk about that in a minute, um, they can still squeeze in if they are only a one loss team in the ACC because they have played a full schedule. Yeah, Notre Dame benefits, but like they're not. I don't think Notre Dame is going to be a conference champion. Cincinnati is about to be an undefeated for two years. If they do end up finishing out the season the way that they should, conference champion in the AAC, and now you're going to have Clemson undefeated ACC champion. I'm going to say Alabama undefeated SEC yep. champion, Big Ten undefeated Ohio State team as the Big Ten champion. I would rather have another conference champion in the fourth spot than a team who lost in their conference championship. The way, the way I see it is Cincinnati is, is going up against Notre Dame. If they only have one loss, that would be Clemson. Just let's just say if they're only one loss is against Clemson, I'm picking Notre Dame in that spot. If, it, if it's Georgia, they only have one loss, that's against Alabama. I also would put them ahead of them. Um, so that's where I, I would argue about Cincinnati getting into that fourth spot. Um, I think it's much more likely we get two schools from either ACC or SEC rather than Cincinnati getting in just because 
Yeah. Just because of the way it is. I didn't think about strength of schedule. Who would have thought that the the one time that the group of five teams wouldn't want to play, or would would need to play, uh, tough out of, out of conference schedules, they're not able to. Because if you had maybe like a signature win over a Texas or something early on when they're ranked in the season, that that would give Cincinnati. I, I Love see the boost, yeah. I see the argument that you're posing there. So I, I pro- I'm gonna switch my opinion and agree with you. Let's get to. Clemson, because Clemson did have a little bit of a scare. Granted, pretty Boston big College, scare. Pretty big scare. Boston College is pretty good. I know people don't pay attention to the ACC outside of Clemson. Boston College is no slouch, and uh, it's it's always tough with the new quarterback. Is it the bad thing? The good good and bad thing about this past weekend, Trevor Lawrence um, contracted COVID. He's going to be out for two weeks. I, I don't know he, if he's, he's not. He could not practice all week for Notre Dame. So Davis Sweeney called him out and yeah. said, or not called him out as a bad way. I called him like saying he's not playing. He's out. not out. Yeah, yeah. He ruled him ruled him out for this weekend. So we're going to have another DJ Uyagalele. Yeah, you two for right. two. That's pretty good. You, you um, sh- that was pretty good. I could. I have not been able to pronounce that last name. I struggle. Also, college quarterback too. Uh, Jerkovich, I think, oh is, is probably how you say that. But uh, we're going to have Uyagalele again as the quarterback for Clemson. Good and the bad thing about going up against Clemson, their guy went down. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick in the draft. Great. We're not, we don't have to play against Sunshine this week. Who do they have their, as their backup? Oh, it's just a five-star recruit. His, his name is DJ Uyagalele. And, uh, Dude played well. He he had a six foot t- four, two hundred fifty pounds. Exactly. He had a tough first half, but the second half he came to play and showed why he's well, was a five star recruit. Yeah. Why he's a stud. Uh, and Bel- Belfour, California. He is a. He, that is a that's he's a handle. He's, he's a big dude. Notre Dame has end. a lot to handle with him, and it's not going to be an easy test. Everyone's saying, "Well, chalk it." Uh, Notre Dame is going to beat them just because they don't have Trevor. But Clemson, I mean, it'd be better. It'd be a different story <laughs> if Trevor didn't play this or Trevor played this week and was out for Notre Dame completely. Yeah. Now yeah. that look whatever, well, <laughs> whatever played this week and has a game underneath him, that's going to help him even more next week playing Notre Dame. Yeah, the, that's exactly. The same thing that I had because if you go into South Bend for your first game, no matter if you played in however however many big stadiums in high school, you go in to play the Fighting Irish in your first game on the road in college football, no matter who you are, that's going to be intimidating. Now you have a game. You got to play at home, and you played against a pretty good team. Boston College is not a trap team. They're not a team that you get caught in a trap game with. They are a good, mm-hmm. tough team that they play pretty disciplined, and they had a chance to end up knocking off Clemson in the new situation. Travis Etienne kind of took care of that. But now you've got to lean on your leadership. Uyagalele knows that he doesn't have to do too much. Just don't make too like don't make mistakes. Be an athlete. Make some plays. Just make the smart plays. And, and he's gonna. This Clemson team is still favored by five and a half points. Yeah, you gotta let um, Etienne run the offense and get the running game going because I don't they, think they got some pretty good receivers. Yeah, pretty really good receivers, but don't get all their pressure on Ula, whatever his how you say his name. But don't you put all the pressure on him and get Etienne the ball. Get because he he's he's inching in the Heisman conversation also. I, he's yeah, inching up there. He's been he's been underrated for the past couple. And years. Justin Fields also right there. Yeah. Right there. Ohio State has a little bit of an interesting game. This will be either a get-right game for Rutgers, but like where we figure out, hey, maybe we are going to be competitive this season, or whoa, yeah, we we got really lucky let's, playing let, against let, a bad let's Michigan hold, State. Let's team. hold the bus there. Michigan State did beat Michigan, so we'll say a little bit about that because Mel Tucker still sucks. Fire um, Jim Harbaugh. Fire Mel Tucker. It's, it's, every, Michigan or 
Yeah, college football in the state of Michigan is bad. Right? Very, very bad. I mean, I don't know what Western Michigan's looking like, but the other two schools aren't very good. Maybe so. check out a Western Michigan game if you live up up in up there in um, the north. But I don't. I don't think Rutgers has a chance. It's Ohio State. Justin Fields is number two in the Heisman race, in my opinion, only behind Trevor Lawrence, which could be overtaken with a great game this week. Um, if he continues doing that, just because Trevor Lawrence is going to miss two games. Hmm. So maybe that will give Justin Fields more of an edge, but he's right in their conversation. He dominated Penn State. Penn State, I mean, they lost to Indiana the week before, but Penn State is falling apart. They're 0-2. They should not be ranked. Um, James no, Franklin no. is an okay coach. but Okay. He's not an okay coach. He's actually. I think he's one of the top coaches in college football. I guess they, they just lost Trace McSorley. They, they did. I mean, yeah, they did lose Trace McSorley. They, they're just in a little bit of a re- rebuilding because they did lose. In the past three years, they've lost – or past four years going back, you go, you lose Saquon, you lose Deshaun, you lose Trace, KJ. And you lose KJ. Mm-hmm. And those are all guys that they built their success around under James Franklin, so now they just got to groom the next. They also lost Miles Sanders to the NFL. They've lost so many guys to the league that it's it's acceptable for them to stumble a little just bit. Just that one year now where now, it's odd year yeah, out. Now you're I getting your, your next group of guys some. Because uh, Saquon's struggling his freshman year. I think they were 8 and 3 his freshman year. So you're just getting your next group of guys ready for the, the bigger stages. Yeah, it just looks worse that they're 0-2, considering it's only an eight-game season yeah, for them. Yeah, I so. think that's that's exactly why people are freaking out. I think they're going to come back, and they'll probably finish the season 6-2. And they're probably going to win their bowl game just because they're going to be one of the most disciplined teams coming down the stretch. Uh, I think that they're, they're going to find themselves and right their ship. I'm not sure who they play next week. Uh yeah, I'm not. I'm not oh, the Maryland play Maryland, um, Maryland. which they're still probably Taya to to Taya to a, to his brother, to his brother, to his brother. Just say to his brother. I was trying to go three for three. Just say to his brother is the quarterback for Maryland. They had a pretty close game against Minnesota. So to to his little brother, I don't know how you say his name either. So just I think maybe Talia Tagovailoa. I don't want to say Tagovailoa. I just know don't know how to say the first name. Yeah, the other big game coming up this week is Georgia, Florida. That's a big game in the SEC East. That'll depend. That'll decide who's going to go play uh, Alabama in the SEC Championship yep. and have the chance to be the fourth team in the playoff, especially now with big, the Big 12 being out of the picture. So that'll be – I think I'm going to pick that as my game of the week. That's going to be a good one. I think another one that people need to keep their eyes out on is uh, Indiana versus Michigan. Yeah. I think Indiana could get themselves into a Big Ten Championship game. Say you beat Michigan, I think their their next test is going to be Ohio State. But if you knock off Michigan – Michigan's, I mean, it's fire Jim Harbaugh 100% if you lose to Indiana. But yeah, I think Indiana, Indiana could get could squeeze in top 10, especially if they win this game. Oh, if they and win I'll, this game, they'll be top 10. But then they got to go. They go Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Maryland. Michigan State's a winnable game. but Michigan Ohio State's State, a winnable Ohio game. State. It's on, but it's Michigan at home, on the road, Michigan State, on the road, Ohio State. You get Maryland at home, then you got to go to Wisconsin. So, if they run the table and only lose to Ohio State, yeah. we could be talking about them in the that, final spot. That would be, that that would be, be chaos. Tough. That'd be chaos. But that's that's really tough. They they have a tough schedule coming yeah. up, no matter what. It's a whether big Ohio 10. State it's always was a tough on, schedule. Whether Ohio State was on their schedule or not, that's still I, I wouldn't have. It's a murder's row. Too it's, much. It's faith a murder's row. Yeah. There's a lot there. It's so any that, those are the two big games to watch in college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, World World Series. Almost forgot about. One more thing. Pac-12 is back too. Go Buffs. That's my. Football team because my school didn't have a football team, so let's go Buffs real quick. They play UCLA eight clap, but that's that's all that's all I'm gonna say. Pac-12 Dark is back, baby. Pac-12 Dark is back. Game will be over on Sunday morning. (laughs) 
Hey, go go to see you and play football because you always play on Sundays. The yeah. games start at midnight. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, next next thing we wanted to cover, we World did series. World Series. We we didn't get a chance to, to congratulate the Dodgers because they hadn't won the last time we recorded. I have a friend who's a pretty big Dodgers fan. He lives out in California. Shout out Tim because you've given us plenty of shout outs on social media. He's a loyal listener. Congratulations to the Dodgers. Congratulations to Clayton Kershaw. And I picked the World Series MVP, right? Yeah, Corey like, Seager. Like, you know, we're going to keep harping this every week. Listen to our beats of the week. I, I didn't mean, win I, any money on it. I hit a lot of beats as well. I picked Auburn to beat LSU, and they murdered the hell out of them. I picked Anderson Silva to win, which didn't happen. I also picked, picked, also picked Pittsburgh. Won money off that, too. So I'm, I'm just listen to the beats of the week. Just, but yeah, just listen. The one big story out of that World Series, which – Put a whole damper on it was Justin Turner. Mm-hmm. He got pulled in the sixth inning, I believe it was sixth, maybe it was seventh inning. Yeah, it was, I think it was the sixth. Sixth, sixth inning with COVID completely put a damper on the whole World Series. He was a, he went out there, um, and and kind of celebrated, but kind of social picture got to be in the team picture. Yeah, and blah blah good. blah. Uh, I would love to hear your take on this because I think I have a pretty strong opinion about this. But what do you think that whole situation was about? Um. I mean, if if they did find a test midway through the game, through a game, that's a little bit weird because I figured they would have run all the tests and figured out who was positive before anybody was let out on the field. Then you run into the situation. Oh well, the MLB held out Justin Turner because he had a he had a a positive test, and then I don't know if he ended up testing positive again, and that's why he got pulled, or if he had a positive test and then. Um, they just didn't test it in enough time. So I'm not sure about the whole situation there. I do know that baseball is struggling. and I do Struggling know that, mightily because Manfred's an idiot. Yeah, Manfred, Manfred is an idiot. Manfred needed to do... Full on idiot. <laughs> if it would have came out afterward that Justin Turner played that entire game with a full-blown case of COVID-19, I think the Manfred was worried about if that story comes out, how it would make the MLB look PR-wise because you, had, you just had a champion play an entire championship game in contact with everybody else, like the top of your sport, and you let him play the entire game, you knew he was sick, that that would be a PR nightmare. So I think that's probably where you get the pulling him in the sixth inning. I don't know if it's the right thing that they should have done. There probably was a better way to handle it. Uh, but that's that's kind of where I'm thinking. I don't think baseball was worried about his safety or the safety of anybody else in the field. They were worried about how they look. Yeah, 100%. The way I see it is, um, he played six innings. He played six innings. Was in the clubhouse, being around his teammates the whole time. Mm-hmm. So he was he was um, infected that whole time. It's not like it just happened in the sixth inning. He was he was positive right there. It happened the whole day. He was part of the whole game, part of the whole pregame festivities. So I. I understand the point where Justin Turner should have been able to go out there with the team at the end because he was around the team as much as he could, and he ha- he didn't have a mask on for the team picture, but for the most part, he was away uh, a little bit. Did anybody have a mask on for the team picture? It was, it was mostly the significant others that had – I mean, significant others on the field had masks on. Yeah. Players didn't, but um, either way, like I'm one of those people, like if you win a championship, he's been on that organization for I don't, like for a very long time, but through one, all the bad years. He's one of the be- the – the main state leaders of that entire franchise. and he's he's a free agent this year so he doesn't know if he'll be back next year so I I, I completely support his um, stance on being there just because like 
He's around that team all day. Played six innings. Like we said, like it's not like he wasn't contagious then. Yeah. So like it, it, you, it was MLB's fault from the start of not getting him away at the beginning. If there was one positive test at all, that's where he should have been mm-hmm. quarantined before the second test pops up. Yeah. And that's the MLB's on the MLB right there. That's on Manfred, who made it even worse on himself because he was slurring his words. I mean, I slurred my words too on the podcast, but I'm, I'm, I'm not the commissioner of the MLB, and he was struggling to get the words I, yeah, out. Yeah, you haven't openly bashed the World Championship trophy in your sport. Calling, calling it, it a, piece a piece of metal? metal. Are you kidding me? And yeah. then you ha- handed it to the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers fans wanted an- anyone but Manfred to give them the trophy. And it was he couldn't even handle the booze. Roger Goodell embraces the booze on draft day. Yeah. Manfred just struggled to get a single word out. Well, Manfred, it's pathetic. Manfred's got pathetic it because I think the fans hate pathetic. him. Pathetic. And then the owners also hate him. Everybody hates him. And when you're the commissioner, you work for the owners, basically. And having the people that you work for hate you is not a good thing. And then and there was another report today that said Manfred is thinking about making the World Series a neutral site all the time. How stupid is that? Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah. Get rid of him. Please. God damn. I don't, I don't know what goes oh into Oh my God, Manfred. You, they, you're they terrible. They look into that. I agree with you. Um, no. No, hell no. No, they should look into getting a new commission. Oh, I thought you were talking about getting rid of keeping the neutral site. No, no, oh, no, no, yeah, no, get rid no. of it. Hell yeah, they I need, my bad. They, they need to get a new commissioner. I wanted to go back to talking about Justin Turner being on the field and whether or not he should have. Being this is called the far end of the bench for the the reason is like we we were always playing, but there were all, there were sometimes where we weren't the ones that were starting or maybe had the most impact on the game. I just think about like personal experience, I had, I had to sit out the year that we went on the state championship run. And I know you, you weren't the starting fullback at that point. You were you were kind of splitting with Luke and, and D- Trevor. With DJ, yeah. DJ, uh, DJ Luke, that's that's what I meant. But uh, So even though I wasn't able to be suited up for the varsity games, I was still going through practice and everything like that. So I understand he wasn't on the field towards the end of the game. He, hit, he did have to get pulled off of the field. But I know exactly what his feelings were wanting him to be out there. Because no matter what you produced in, in the championship, there's countless amounts of hours that people, I think, sometimes forget or just don't care about with professional athletes. That He, he worked his ass off to win that championship, so hell yeah, he's going to go back out there and celebrate. I have no... Yeah, I, I don't blame I don't him at all. Pro- I don't have a problem at all. MLB's... Knowing Manfred's dumbass, he's going to say something and give him a suspension. He's going to suspend him more than they did the whole Astros team, which is going to be ridiculous again. anything but, to the Astros, by the way, who yeah, were caught openly cheating. Ridiculous. Yeah. Dude, just uh, celebrating a World Series. He didn't Series. revoke a cha- championship anything, so yeah, he's probably going to give Justin Turner absolutely everything that he can because he doesn't like the Dodgers. Man, Manfred, either. just stop. Please don't be commissioner anymore. Let's move on. Let's move on to something better with a, a promoter that we can maybe get behind. I don't yeah, know. He's I'm behind probably get behind a lot. <laughs> he's behind himself pretty good. No pause. He, no he pause, would yeah. he would love that. He's this. He's the epitome of the scene from American Psycho, where he's staring at himself in the mirror. I wear an ice pack every single morning and make sure that my skin is exactly 63 degrees. The UFC said goodbye to a legend. Over the weekend, I don't know if it's UFC confirmed. said goodbye to a legend, but well, there's still questions to see if Anderson Silva's yeah. career is done. So. I don't know if he's confirmed that he's not going to fight anymore. It should probably be confirmed that it he should. is. It he got TKO'd in the fourth round uh, to Uriah Hall, who's a good up and coming fighter. But Anderson Silva, I think one of the most dominant champions I've ever watched uh, in combat sports. I think he's 
when he was on at his best, he beat some people that I, I have no clue. Uh, Vitor Belfort on TRT, as much TRT yeah. as possible. Karate, Crane kicked him in the face. Yeah. Did the karate kick, kick him in the face. And then Forrest Griffin, who I thought was invincible, couldn't even land a punch on him. Knocked out Chris Lieben. Chris Lieben has a, a chin. I think he's a zombie anyways, like part yeah. zombie. And he knocked him out. So, like, he's beaten he's one of the, greatest the best of the best for so long. Anderson Silva, barring the last few years since he got his leg broken, could I, th- I would think he was the greatest fighter of all time. It, it all went downhill after the Chris Weidman fight. He, he got too cocky with himself. We, didn't, we never really saw that as much in his early fights. Yeah, he had that swagger to him, but he wasn't yeah. as like he, dodged He was in the Matrix, enough. but he didn't let anybody else know. Exactly. Chris Weidman tagged him up, and that was the end of things. And then he had the rematch, and the leg broke, and then everything went downhill after that. And then that. he got busted for gas station supplements. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Apparently in Brazil, they give steroids in their gas station yeah. Viagra supplements. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because there are a lot more MMA fans now just because of everything that's happened during COVID and people are just beginning the sport and they don't never got to see Anderson Silva in his prime because when he was in his prime, he wasn't one of the best in the world. You knew every single time. I mean, the only time that he ever looked besides the Weidman fight like he was going to lose was the first channel fight, mm-hmm. and he he ended up pulling out a victory. That's one of the the greatest finishes in UFC history, in my opinion. So if you are a new fan. And you just got an ESPN Plus subscription. You can go back and watch all the old or UFC, UFC fights. Or UFC Pass, either one. U- UFC go back Fight and Pass. Yeah. Just, Anderson Silva, it was weird because he wasn't great in Pride. When he was yeah. fighting in Pride, he wasn't a champion or anything like that. Comes over to the UFC, becomes one of the most dominant mixed martial artists of all time. But he fought too long. Fall and now easy. everybody just, see, all the new fans see him as this old washed up guy who everybody loves. Like They, don't, they have no reason, no understanding why Daniel Cormier and... Stylebender and Uriah Hall give Anderson Silva as much respect as they did just because they, they missed out on his career. So go back, watch Anderson Silva when he was the spider and see how deadly he was because he's honestly one of the most dominant champions I've ever seen. Yeah, it's an end to a great career, man. It's it's unfortunate that his career ended the way it has, but he's a, he's a Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer. UFC is weird about their Hall of Fame because they usually wait a little while because now GSP has been retired for a few years so I saw some things where hopefully GSP and Anderson Silva would go in together I think that would be fantastic because those are two of the greats of the sport um, and that would shine a light even more on the UFC putting them in together yeah they were basically the face of the UFC for a while after uh, Chuck Liddell lost the light heavyweight championship so they carried that organization it was a great it was a great thing um, but uh, unfortunately not everybody can go out on a win I do hope it was his last fight but it was a great career, and it was a good way to hang it up, I'll say. So, uh, congrats to Anderson Silva. Yeah, man, congrats, man. All right. We uh, we recapped everything that happened last week, or at least we tried to hit everything, all the most important stuff for bo- both of us. We do have to get to our most dominant team of last week. And uh, I'll let you start because I, I started last week. So, who was your most dominant team of the week? It's a, it's a tough one. Um, I, there's a lot of great picks. Um, I'll try to pull up the schedule real quick. I think I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. The Steelers, they're they're undefeated. Pittsburgh has been playing really well. Um, Claypool has been outstanding. I think he's rookie of the year right now. Him and Joe Burrow are fighting for offensive rookie of the year. He's been outstanding. The defense, like we said, has been playing incredible. Going into Baltimore is no easy task too. Um, so I, I'm going Pittsburgh there. It's 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 probably hurts you saying me saying that, but I had to do that. It's the last great rivalry in the NFL because of the Steelers and Ravens. Every single time they play is big. Mm-hmm. Big news. I'm staying in the AFC North for my most dominant team. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's most dominant team of the week. If you're new on the YouTube channel or 
or just listening to us in general, it's most dominant team of the week, so not the most dominant team in the league at that point. My pick, my Cincinnati uh, Bengals. They they put a whooping. I'm going to quote Barstool because I listened to part of my take this morning. They put a whomping on the Titans. They, they absolutely whomped the Titans. Nobody expected it, and they ended up taking the win by 11, 31-20. Joe Burrow just, just leading his team to excellence, elevating everybody. It helps that the Titans don't have a pass rush. Couldn't get a sack. Clowney has not played it like he should be. Uh, and like I said, they had... Over 230 yards passing against them. Derrick Henry ran for 118 yards, and they had 184 yards by one guy receiving. And they still won by 11 points. They, they absolutely dominated the game. There's a few big plays that happened. But. I think a sleeper team that we didn't pick is the Chiefs just because they played the Jets. They burned them. Just got to say that real quick. As they should. And they danced, they and they danced while they did it. Uh, I hope you... Well, it probably doesn't bring you as much joy to see the Chiefs dancing. Yeah, like I don't that. watch the Jets, but, or I don't watch the Jets or Chiefs, anyways. So yeah, that game wasn't worth watching. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into our picking for this week. We'll start off. Uh, it's the first game on the ESPN slate when I was looking it up this morning. So we'll start off with Green Bay, who I just called them out for being mentally weakest team in the entire NFL, and I'm standing yeah. by that because I do believe that they are the mentally weakest team in the NFL. By the way, real quick. Update on Monday Night Football as we're recording this. It's the end of the third quarter, and the Buccaneers are losing to the Giants 17-15. to So if you're Trap watching game. this, it's, it's not looking good for the GOAT. Him playing the Giants are always, always the bad. The Giants have Tom Brady's number. Doesn't matter who's a quarterback for them. All right, first game for the upcoming week in the pick. Thursday Night Football, it's not a terrible game. It's a pretty good game. Yeah. Packers at the 49ers, this was... A huge. This is basically where the wheels fell off uh, the Packers last season. They were on a huge winning streak, went in, played Joey or Nick Bosa, and that great 49er defense last year got absolutely manhandled. I'm not saying that it's going to be the same outcome, but Aaron Rodgers struggles playing in his old hometown. He's a he's a Bay Area kid. He yeah. doesn't play them very well. I think the thing that people have got to take into account here. I'm going with Packers here, but the Packers just traded Quan Alexander to the Saints, which is a huge That's loss. A- Bad, or no, the 49ers. 49ers, yeah. If you're 49ers, 49ers just lost. Yeah. 49ers just lost. Kiko Alonso is nowhere near as good as or Levante. So that's a, that's a big loss. Uh, that's gonna hurt you a lot. Like it's it's um, one of those things where. Uh, let's pause. I press. All right, we're back. We're back. We had to figure it out. Like we we're still I'm, learning. I'm still messing around with the camera. My dumbass. So. Nico didn't go to school for this, so it's fine that he made he made a mistake. The video. You'll miss that little bit that we just did. If you're listening to the audio version, we're just explaining it for the viewers in the future. On Thursday, we'll have a little bit of a of a miss where if you were listen to the show, the video will have still get used to it. Give me a little, give me a little. We'll give you back. We'll we'll go back. So you you said you picked the Packers. (laughs) Yeah, I picked the Packers. uh, The the 49ers. uh, They don't have Jimmy G. He's out for a little bit. George Kittle's out for eight weeks as well. Mm -hmm. That's that's their offense isn't going to put together. Aaron Rodgers, big. Packers are going to win that one. Too. I'm picking the 49ers just to kind of be different from you. Uh, it, it might change by the time we go and we're doing our live show. NFL Unhinged is going to be on Sunday. On Sunday, this 8, 8 a.m. I'm yeah. going to have to wake my ass up at 8 a.m. <laughs> right, it'll be like I'm getting up for work, but it might change by then. I'm picking the 49ers. I didn't really. The only thing is that game's on Thursday, so yeah. it already would have happened, but either way. Well, we'll, we'll talk about maybe yeah. maybe I'll be a genius when, when we're on NFL Unhinged, and I, I picked the 49ers, and I was the one who got it right. Uh, but when I was making this pick, I wasn't sure. I didn't know that Jimmy G and Kittle were both going to be out. That's, that's 
even the Packers, as mentally weak as they are, can overcome yep. that. First game on Sunday, your Broncos going to Atlanta to play the Falcons. They struggle going to the Eastern Time Zone. Not gonna, not gonna lie, but it is the Falcons. It's a, it's a Falcons. Let's but the Falcons did. They're gonna, them two they're, years. they're, they're gonna blow another lead. <laughs> it's gonna be back to back comebacks. Drew Locke is going to turn into the new John Elway just because he has right to come back Right in the third quarter, everywhere. fourth quarter. Or the new Tim Tebow. Is he the new John Elway or the new Tim Tebow? Or we're going to say new Tim Tebow because Tebow always had the comeback. So we're yeah. going to say new Tim Tebow. I'm right. not going to say that he's anywhere near John Elway's level. He has a possibility, but he has to have a lot of things going his way. Yeah, Pat wise, Sherman needs to go. get out of his own way and start calling a college offense. Philip Lindsay is, is great in the offense that they should run. Melvin Gordon is actually better in the offense that they should run. And then you have two really good tight ends in Alberto and Noah, and, Fant, and Noah yeah. Fant and Judy Cortland Sutton like they have good pieces that they're yeah they're Tim Patrick be, didn't play this weekend Deshaun Hamilton stepped up uh, which so is huge they, they're in a good spot I'm picking the Broncos in this game because I don't think that the Falcons can pull it together and the Broncos will go back to 500 baby and we're right back in the playoff picture yeah as much as it's going <laughs> to pain me for the next couple of weeks while the Broncos are going to be in the hunt I'm going to enjoy every second yeah, of it. It'll be, it'll be something. But uh, I'm picking the Broncos. I'm assuming you're picking the Broncos. Yeah, easily picking the Broncos. Next game, Seahawks at the Bills. The Buffalo, One of the best games of the week. Yeah, this is a sleeper pretty good game. The Seahawks right of the ship, beat up on a team, on a San Francisco team that was already beat up. Mm-hmm. But they finally did what I've been kind of giving them shit for the entire year, where they were winning games, but they were never beating the teams that they should by a lot, and then they were struggling against the bad teams, only beating them by one possession. They had the wake-up call against the Cardinals on Sunday Night Football. I still think probably the game of the year so far, yeah, especially for this yeah. season. Could be one of the best games of the past couple of years. And now the, I, I'm picking the Bills because Ooh. I think the Bills need a get-right game, Ooh. too. That's, but the Seahawks a... make me a little bit more weary of this pick. This is also... One where it, if we come to NFL unhinged and I change my answer and pick the Seahawks, is because it's that close. I thought this was a toss-up game going in the entire time. It, it depends on what Seahawks team shows up and what Josh Allen shows up. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Josh Allen has himself a day. Um, they're going to win that game. The but Seahawks defense is, is liable. Yeah, Seahawks defense is liable. They just like we, they just added Dunlop, so maybe that will help them out a little Fuck bit. Dunlop. Fuck. Yeah, you still a little, little, salt, little salty about that, but. Uh, it's all right. I'm going with Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson's still MVP. I think he's MVP right now in the NFL. Um, so I, I'm going with Seahawks. Even after three interceptions the other night? Yeah, he's, he's still putting up numbers, uh, ungodly numbers. This is this is going to be the game where Josh Allen either announces himself as the sleeper MVP candidate or just the Bills Following probably going to beat a, ba- a bad or win a bad NFC East, AFC East. Um, and make it and host a playoff game, but hey, I that, that means something though. That that division's been dominated by the Patriots, so it'd be it'd be worth noting if they win the division. So. It'll be a little bit of a letdown because right now the Bills were looked at as maybe a one or two seed, and I think that the if they lose this game, they'll probably be looking at a three or four yep. seed winning the division. Um, so it's still not better than they have been. Obviously, they haven't won the division, and I can't remember how long since probably the, the Jim time. Kelly '90s Bills since but, since Tom Brady, like before Tom Brady. Yeah, so. They still, they're still a good team, and I think that they'll play the Seahawks well. This is going to be another game where the Seahawks have to win a one-score game, which they're the, one of the best at doing it. They're the opposite Chargers. But opposite Chargers, opposite Falcons. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, I'm picking the Bills in that one. You're picking the Seahawks. Yeah, next game we have um, a team that both of us 
missed mistook last week. The Chicago Bears going into Tennessee. Both these teams. We're gonna find out who the real imposter is. Yeah, the the Bears. We we both thought they were gonna be able to pull off the Saints. They almost did. They almost almost did. did. Um, and then the Titans just shit the bed when they played your Bengals. Uh, this is this is this is gonna be a good game, I think. But it's it's a tough one, pick. Tough it, one to bet on, especially is, tough one to bet one. Bet on. Yeah, this one I would stay away from betting wise. It's a really good defense going up against a really good offense, and then a really and it flip flops for both of them. The Bears have probably one of the better defenses in the league right now, and the Titans have one of the better offenses in the yeah, league. With the best running back in the NFL, and, and they have an NFL rushing leader. And Tannehill's been really good since leaving Adam Gase. But then you look at the other sides of the ball, Nick Foles and that Bears offense is shit. And the Titans' defense is bad. Like, Nick Foles is not going to have to worry about getting sacked this week because the Titans couldn't sack anybody against our eighth... Uh, no, it's hyperbole. They couldn't sack anybody against our eighth-grade football team. But honestly, when you can't get a sack against the Bengals' two offensive line, it's not that far off. Yeah, Clowning needs to play better. I, I, I'm picking the Titans here because I think that week was a trap week because they played the Steelers the week before and they were focused about it that. could have been a letdown game. could have been a letdown game. I think the Titans get back on track. I shouldn't have picked the Bears last week, so they pissed me off. I'm going Titans. I'm picking the Titans, too, because I, I can't see my – I talked myself into the Bears once, and they, uh, they screwed me, so I'm not going to talk yeah, They screwed both of us last yeah. week. <laughs> that was one where, you know, we couldn't throw each other under the bus because we both – We both we bullshit the bet there. Uh, yeah. Next next game we have Baltimore going into Indianapolis. Um, Baltimore coming off a loss, and Indianapolis coming off a win against Detroit. This is a t- this is I think this is gonna be a closer game than what it should be. I'm picking the Ravens here, um, but do I think it's gonna be as like one sided? No, I think Colts might stick around a little easier. This is one of my um, upset alert games. Colts, they're sticking around and and they. You're have... picking Philip Rivers though? Come on. No, I'm not. I'm not picking Philip. <laughs> I'm picking the Ravens, but I, I think this is one of my upset games where I, w- I would maybe put money on an upset happening because the Colts. Uh, if they have Darius Leonard, it, it completely changes the entire story because he's one of the better linebackers that I think he's been go, really. He's been had a really he can good go head to head against um, Lamar Jackson. But if that offense going up against the Ravens defense, who I think they're going to bounce back this week because they didn't play very well against Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, the Colts have enough playmakers that I think they can be pretty dangerous. No, without Marlon Mack, they've surprised yeah. a lot of people. Jonathan Taylor has played really well. Hines is a, is a freak. He's a freak, crazy. Yeah. We'll talk more about his touchdown play because that, that's one of my segments uh, finishing out the show. But that's this is, it, it was a great play. It, yeah. it was one of the most athletic, thing, athletic things I've seen. And the Colts have been close for the past few years. They just needed a, a guy who knows what to do in big situations. And Phil Rivers... Might not always show it. I think he has like an inverse clutch gene where he just gets worse when in the big moments. But you can take the player out of San Diego, but you can't, or you can take, but you can't take the San Diego out of the player. Are we not going to acknowledge that Melvin Gordon had one of the plays to set up the victory yeah, on Sunday? That was he, he was a good play, but he it was a good play. play. So He's I, just a, he, need, I just I, needed we bash him all the time. I needed to give. I need to say time. one more thing before we go on to everything because I didn't say this about the Broncos game, but Phil Lindsay is your first and second down back. Melvin Gordon your goal line and third down. That's that's all I'm gonna say. That's what that's all I'm gonna say. So I'll I'm give him credit. The, you're picking the Ravens. I'm picking the Ravens, yep. but I do think the Colts are, are a live underdog. Watch out for uh, upset in that one. The next one, Panthers going into Arrowhead. Uh, 
It's, it's I think Run CMC is back, so Christian McCaffrey I think is back this week, so that might give them a little bit of extra. And I, boost. I do like Matt Rule. Matt Rule's been a good. Yeah. He's one of the better coaches. And, that and Teddy Bridgewater has played or played really well. Mm-hmm. He's been. Really good. Teddy Bridgewater coming back, you had a quarterback who wasn't going to make mistakes, and he is talented enough to make some plays. But Matt Rule has been one of the better coaches to go from college to the pros and have success as fast as he as he has. Mm-hmm. I think that he's one of. He's going to be one of the top coaches in the league once he gets a few seasons under his belt. Because he, he got brought in pretty late. He got brought in, I think, in February. You're already at getting you're halfway through your combine prep. You only have a few weeks until that happens anyway. So now he'll have an entire offseason to scout the guys that he wants. He'll have some say in free agency. He'll build the team that he wants to build. And it's going to run through Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey and Bridgewater. But still... Can't DJ Moore that. and Robbie Anderson have been pretty deadly for them on offense. Their offense has some weapons. They do. Their they defense, just, defense needs, needs some bolstering. Uh, losing but, Thomas Davis Sr. and Luke Keekley in the same Yeah, which is that. not going to help you against Chiefs, no. who just pour it on. It's, it's, and they also screwed up this year by taking Derek Brown instead of Isaiah Simmons. We yeah, saw how well that worked out. That, that just hurts. I'm going Chiefs easily there. I'm going Chiefs because I don't think anybody will touch them until they get to the conference championship. Yeah. Next game we have... Shit show of game. Um, we have the Detroit Lions going into Minnesota. This is a game that probably no one's going to be watching. Let's be honest, but it's 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 an intriguing matchup for two teams who are on the cusp of the Justin Fields slash uh, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook is going to be able to run all over the Lions defense, and he's going to be able to take the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands again. Kirk Cousins loves beating up on bad teams, and the Lions. For as much as they've improved and as for as much as I think Patricia has kind of saved his job a little bit or at least turned down the, the, the hot seat the a little bit. It's a little cooler now. It's like a, a lukewarm seat. He's just simmering at this point. Uh, I do think that the, the Vikings are still going to be good enough to beat them. Yeah, I'm going to give a little bit of love to the Lions because DeAndre Swift, although he didn't have a good week last week, he's been helping me a lot in fantasy football, even though he went 0-3 again this week. It's been a tough year. Don't talk. Don't 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 ask about it, but it's been very bad. But So I'm going with the Lions just because I think Matty Stafford wins games like these where it's it's a game where like the other team's not as good and it's 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 like a Falcons game when the Lions, in my opinion, when the Fal- when the when the Lions beat the Falcons, yeah. I think it's going to be a, like a one score game. I think Matt Stafford might come, might be able to have a little bit clutch gene. I mean, quarterback wise, the Lions definitely outdo the. Yeah, the I, think, I think Stafford is far better. Dalvin Cook is just that much better than any running back that the Lions have that he'll be able to kind of take control of the game. That's that's where I see that one going. Uh, the next game. NFC Beast met action. Oh, we'll have possibly two and six Giants. Okay, chill on that. On it's on seventeen to fifteen now in the fourth quarter, but I don't. I don't think they're gonna win that. Possibly game, two and six Giants going up against the Washington Football Team. Oh God, that's another terrible game. Somebody's got to win the division. I'll go the Giants because they showed a little bit of. But heart this week, oh. and Daniel Jones hopefully he doesn't get tripped up on the oh. ten, twenty yard line. So. Oh. I'm going Washington football team because oh, they dominated the Cowboys. They're all coming okay. off a bye week. Uh, it's the, the Cowboys. The Cowboys are better than the Giants. Don't even <laughs> don't even start with that shit. Get the, get the Giants out of here. They're not even in the same league <sighs> as the Cowboys. The, the Washington football team shows some some pretty good promise. I I think they'll beat the Giants. I think that they're going to win like half of their division games. 
and get throttled by everybody else. They'll do, still do be. You, do you know even who's starting this week for the football team? Maybe Kyle Allen, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> He's upset. It's, 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 I don't know. It's, I, I think it is trash Kyle can. Allen. It's a trash can game. I'd say Kyle Allen over Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes isn't good enough to win on the road yet. It's his second year. Everybody held the bus two on him. Uh, next game we have <sighs> the Houston Texans. Shit show, another shit show against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Shout out Jim J Dash show. Like it's this is another shit show game. Back to back to back. Uncle Rico broke his finger. So Gardner's not playing this week. I don't I don't know if he's out, but it's very likely that he's he's probably. Who's our quarterback then? Do you know the backup quarterback for the Jaguars? No, they're they're the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Also, I'll just go with the Texans now, just because you said that and and. Jacksonville. It's I don't even know who their quarterback is. Jake Lennon. Uh, Mike Lennon is the third string. So it's probably going to be Mike Lennon, let's be honest. So uh, Texans are going to win that game. Deshaun is still a stud. Shout out to Vizca Chenault Jr., though, because he was a he's stud been at well. CU. Yeah, he's been playing well. He's, he's been playing pretty well in, in the league so far. But th- I'm going to give this to the Texans because even though they're both 1-6, and six, there is a very big difference between the Texans and the Jaguars. Yeah. The, the J- Texans were sabotaged by their coach and GM. The Jaguars just aren't bad. Yeah, Jaguars are terrible. God awful. They're, They're right there to get the moved to England or something. The, the owner wants out of Jacksonville. I don't. I don't know what's so wrong with Jacksonville. It's warm, muggy, just like everything else in Florida. I don't. I don't know. What's going ne- next, we have uh, my two, my team's two rivals, the Las Vegas Raiders, going into yeah. Los Angeles and playing the Chargers. Uh, this is two teams that I absolutely hate. Um, I, I hate picking this game just because both teams are. Teams I hate watching. You'd rather football. have both teams lose. I'd rather them tie. So can I say tie? No, I won't say tie. I'll say I'll say the Chargers. They'll they'll bounce back. Herbert's better than Derek Carr. No, the Raiders are going to destroy the Chargers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't get. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't mind. I hate both teams. I picked I picked the Raiders, and that was one of the easier ones that I've been able to pick Dang. because this is a big mental letdown against the Broncos, and the Raiders I think are a little bit more established in their game plan than the Broncos were. So they'll not get behind by 21 points. They won't let Justin Herbert completely outrace them. The Raiders are the only team so far to beat to figure out the the puzzle that is Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure they can figure out Justin Herbert. That's, so that's, I'm, I'm taking the Raiders in that one. That's that's fair. I I hate, like I said I hate both those teams. Our next game we have Pittsburgh going up against Dallas. The undefeated team against Ben DiNucci. <laughs> ben DiNucci. Yeah. Did you see the picture of him on the sideline? Like, oh, like, how did both of these guys get hurt? Like, I wasn't even. Uh, I was supposed to be on the practice squad. I wasn't even supposed uh, to be. Here. Yeah, Ben DiNucci upset in the making. Hell no. I'm thinking Steelers. Yeah, this is a walk in the park. Maybe we'll see Mason Rudolph come in. It would be no. Uh, ben needs all the reps he can get. Ben doesn't look good, but we might see uh, Claypool without. Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, whoever, like the fifth, fifth string defense for the... I don't think Minka's going to play very much. Again yeah, same with T.J. Watt. He's not going to have to because the Cowboys are imploding. I don't even know if they're playing football anymore at this point. They just I'm not sure what they call yeah. what they're doing out there. Ben DiNucci, man. God damn, I love your name, but you need a better quarterback than Ben DiNucci. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start calling him Il Duce just because he's the most prominent Italian sports figure now. Uh, not Il Duce, Il Capo, because Il Duce was Mussolini's nickname. I'm not going to do that. Il Capo, he's Il Capo now since Good Gallo's not in Denver anymore. That's and I'll give I'll give love to a fellow Italian, Danucci. Yeah. 
the Nooch the Gooch. The Nooch the Gooch. And I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm saying there's going to be a fullback touchdown. Derek Watt's going to score. I'm calling it now. That's my not my beat of the week, but I'm just going to say it because the Pittsburgh is going to kill them so bad that Derek Watt gets himself a touchdown. You know how bad it is. You know how mad it makes me that I had picked the Steelers in this game? <laughs> it it Boils your. I, I know that it's the right insights. thing to do, and I know that it's a. It's a, a smart thing win, to do. But God damn it, it still doesn't feel good. Yeah, I I don't have the stats on the weekly, but next week we'll come out with all the stats, and I think you're killing me. But you, you have to be the smart person to pick the Steelers here. <sighs> yeah, I'll pick. I pick the Steelers. Next game we have Tua coming off a win against a tough Rams team, going to the Cardinals off a of bye week. Like I said, Kyler Murray is averaging is the highest or. Or yards per rush average in the league right now. Um, this is, I think it's going to be a very good game. I think it's a lot. Is it going to be a sleeper game to, to watch? Um, Miami, like I said, Tua versus Kyler Murray is a fun matchup to watch. Yeah, it's a we get a rematch of that quarterback duel from the playoff two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, Alabama played Oklahoma. The only difference now is that I would say the Cardinals are Alabama in this situation, and the Dolphins are Oklahoma, where. Going into that game, you knew Alabama's defense was going to manhandle the Oklahoma offensive line, and Kyle Murray was going to have to be special. That's two of this week. The Dolphins, they, they've been able to string some some things together. I'd actually feel worse for the Cardinals if Fitzpatrick was playing in this game because yeah. he he knows what to do and how to prepare in an NFL game. And two is just still learning that. Uh, he, he's been in the game one week. The Cardinals are too good to lose to the Dolphins. I'm picking the Cardinals in this one. And I think it's an offensive explosion, and this is a, a game where the defense can take advantage of a young quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I was. This is a tough one for me. I want, I wanted to pick the Cardinals, um, just because of how well they played against the Seahawks. But coming off a of bye week, man, I think maybe the Cardinals fall asleep a little bit. I think they you were, think the, they were all juiced up. I picked week, it, I picked, the planned week off because it's not like a bye week like the Broncos had. Yeah, I think maybe the Dolphins are able to put it together another week. They shocked a lot of people, beat the Rams last week. Rams are a playoff team more than likely. Um, I think they shocked the world again, beat the Cardinals. I think Tua is going to have himself a day. I'm going to pick Dolphins. They, they they helped me out last week when I picked them. I'm picking them again. I think you're proving why I'm beating you in the pick uh, I, I picked the Dolphins last week, man. I know you picked the Dolphins last week, but that <laughs> the, Dol- the Cardinals and the Rams are, are pretty different, I would say. Talents. I don't know. I don't know, Rams. They're about even in my book. I mean, that's the best division in football. The yeah, NFC, by far. The NFC best West division, is the yeah, best division. By far. All those teams are five, at least 5-3. Five and three. I think the Rams are last at 5-3. and three, so Yeah. That, it's the best division, but I'm... I don't know how you can pick the Dolphins over the Cardinals after what they did to the Seahawks. Next game, a rematch know. from Week One, possibly five and three Buccaneers uh, hosting the Saints. And yeah, they're up twenty two seventeen now. So, oh, so they're going to be six. It's going to be uh, the Bucks are going to be six and two going into it. I think this is going to be a completely different game in the first week. Yeah, obviously the, the Saints. The, dome. the Saints won the first game um, back in Week One. They. Played lights out. I think the Buccaneers needed to get games underneath them, yeah. and now Tom Brady is looking like the man, like the man he is, and we're and he's showing why the that the Patriots' legacy was built not on Belichick, it was built on Brady. It was built on Brady. Patriots are falling apart piece by piece, and Tom Brady is still thriving, and Gronk is getting into stride too. I'm picking the Bucks here easily. Yeah, I'm picking the Bucks in this game because they they. Um, Week one, everybody was still getting to know each other. It's still, it's like, and they might have Antonio Brown this week too. I hope he doesn't fucking play. 
He's, he's a piece of shit. Ho- hopefully he doesn't take away from Mike Evans and his touches because he's on one of my fantasy teams. So. No, but uh, outside of Brady, Gronk is starting to look like himself again. Um, I think Cameron Bray is the other tight end that's playing right now. Yep. Perriman was going to be – Is it? do they have Perriman or Godwin still? Godwin, they have they have Godwin's, yeah, been, Godwin's been hurt though. Up. He's they, been hurt. But when he's able to team up with Brady, that's been good. And then Humphreys has come out of uh, Scotty Walker. Yep, Scotty Walker. Yep. Scotty Walker's come out of nowhere, and he's like a, a new Wes Welker for Tom Brady. So like, they've all gelled together, and I think I'm gonna st- keep saying it every single week. Breeze is washed. Breeze is washed. He can't throw it farther than 15 yards down the field. He's getting carried. Drug kicking and screaming by Alvin Kamara, breaking 18 tackles every time that he has the ball and and just doing all that he can to try and get as close to the end zone. Make it within 15 yards so maybe Drew will throw one past the pass the goal line. Yeah, I don't, it's, uh, I don't think he's washed. washed. He's, he's not washed. washed. He's not washed yet. He's worse than Peyton was in 2015. No, no, no. Wait, Peyton was really, really bad. <laughs> this, You're worse than Peyton was in 2015. Drew Brees is not there. Drew Brees is not there yet. Next game we have, this is such a such a bad game. This is this is this should be a crime that's on Monday Night Football. The Patriots, who are not the Patriots, not the team we're used to seeing, like going into New York, Jared playing the Jets. Jared Stidham watch. I, I'm picking the Patriots because I'm still on the bandwagon that the Jets are going to go at 16. So I think Cam Newton has himself a better day. But Belichick said some pretty pretty big things. He was like, "There's a reason why we've won three Super Bowls in the last." Or whatever five years is because they've they've sold on everything and now it's it's showing because all those players are gone. Yeah, it's he knew what he was doing. He he took advantage of his window and, and got as much as he could out of it. I picked the Jets in this one. Oh God, Jimmy! Uh, oh Jimmy, what are you doing? Oh Jimmy, you're you're now jinxing your brother and picking the Jets. You just you just that was a death wish. It would well, be better if you picked the Patriots. Dom, I just want to let you know. Jimmy just jinxed your team winning a game. I'm sorry. This is this is bad. But how cool would it be that I was the guy who picked the Jets to upset the Patriots yeah, and break their losing streak? They no longer be the team. I still think Flacco is their is their quarterback this week. I don't know if Darnold's back. You really think Darnold's Joe? Darnold's been back. Yeah. Dar- they Darnold goes in and out. I, if I was Darnold, I would only play against the really bad teams because the Jets are good enough that you can look good against bad teams. Oh wait, hey, listen to what you just said there. They are. Jets, Jets are good enough to, hey, to how play. How many points did they score on the Broncos, Nico? They lost still. But they still scored lost. over 21 points, right? Still lost. They're not beating the Patriots. No chance. Belichick Be- Be- is a lot smarter than Adam Gase, and that's just facts. We'll see. We'll see. And when that's the, just facts. I, we'll figure out something that you got to do. When the card, when we come in next week and the Cardinals beat the Dolphins and the Jets beat the Patriots. We'll I'm not too worried about the Cardinals. Like, if that happens, whatever, I'll be fine. But, but the, like, if the Jets beat the Dol- Patriots, I'll go back on everything I just said. Okay. Okay, we'll, we'll see what happens next week. That's, that's penance for the listeners and the viewers to tune in next week, and we'll, we'll figure out what happens. Maybe I'll wear a Bengals jersey or something next week if the Jets win. Speaking of the Bengals, automatic win this week, bye week. Way to go. We're going to have another victory Wednesday next week, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Unless the Broncos shit the bed against Falcons. Yeah, but the Falcons. Shitting the bed only counts when you're playing good teams. At least the Bengals aren't going to be the reason we screw up Victory Wednesday next sure. week. That's fair. They That's can't fair. lose. I t- I'm telling you. That's fair. They'll figure out some way. Maybe somebody will get arrested or something. Broncos get the ball to Phil Lindsay. We won't lose. <laughs> That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, that, that would be smart, but we have learned Pat Shermer doesn't like to be called smart. Yeah, we'll, 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 move, we'll move past this and uh, 
We'll get more in, into some more shit talking and finish out the, this episode with our segments. We're we're coming up here on the end of episode 13 of Far End of the Bench. If you're still listening, I bet you guys are still are. And uh, we'll start with Beats of the Week. And it's you guys gotta listen to these yeah. weekly. Like like we post the picture of everything like that goes on. We pick the we show the pick them together and the Beats of the Week together. Go look at them every week and take your bets, man, because we've been hitting on yeah. a lot. We've been making, on a lot making some money. It's getting. I'm winning money. Listen to me. Fuck. Yeah. Nico does one win all of it. Uh, we we can spread, spread the, the love. Spread the love. Spread the love. And then give ten percent to the far end of the bench as a tip <laughs> for the dealer. Just you know, it's it's commonplace. When you buy a, lo- a winning lottery ticket, you give a percentage to the person who sold it. It's it's just common courtesy. But uh, going through the beats of the week since we we started the podcast when there was basketball, hockey, uh, and all these things. There's baseball too, technically. Yeah. But now it's it's getting pretty slim, and there's it's not even a UFC card to really bet on this weekend. Yeah, wait, wait till you hear my last beat of the week. <laughs> You'll yeah. think, like, what the hell am I doing here? But I'll start. Broncos are underdogs to beat the Falcons. They're plus 170. What the fuck are they doing, Vegas? Get your shit together. Broncos beating the Falcons plus 170. Yep, I, I'm, I'm calling that. It's ridiculous. They're plus 170. At least be, like, a little bit respectful and make it, like, minus 110 each. Yeah, that's probably closer it's got to be something to do with the history that the broncos have on the east coast and the last time they played the falcons even though neither team was pretty was very good uh keanu neal was living he, he was living in the broncos backfield so i think that's where they're coming from it's also you, you got to give some plus love. 170 is disrespectful well we, i mean plus 170 gives the option like it's legal to gamble here in colorado the the sports betting i'm not sure if it is in georgia but that gives a little bit of incentive like, for people who don't normally bet in Denver. I'm betting heavily on that. I'll tell you that right now. That's, that's a bad line. My first beat of the week, K, uh, NC State to beat Miami plus 290. Um, NC State's they're one of those teams in the ACC that uh, they obviously were pretty good with Bradley Chubb and Jared yep. Stidham. Not Jared Stidham, Ryan Finley. Yep. When uh, they, were, they, they were nationally ranked in the top 15, I believe. And uh, they're still pretty good. Miami... As good as Derek King is, and I think they are better than they have been in the past, I th- I think they're still one of the teams in the ACC most likely to get upset moving forward. NC State is my pick to, to do that. I think if they upset the Hurricanes, NC State to beat Miami plus 290. That's, that's, uh, I like I think plus 290 is being unfair to NC State a little bit, but like like, like I said with the Broncos, but yeah. um, I, I don't mind that. I think Miami's still a good team. I think their only loss is still to Clemson, mm-hmm. I think. So, like, that's, that's not – Derek, like, Derek and King is playing well. They haven't gone into the tank after that. They kind of did bounce back. And yeah. Playing pretty so, well. I, I still think Miami will take that. But plus 270 is a little bit disrespectful NC State. I'm going to stay in college football for night next beat of the week. Indiana to beat Michigan is a plus 125. I, I, I think Jim Harbaugh is, like – Is that about, in Indiana? I, I think it's in Michigan. Um, but Indiana, Indiana is going – is playing Jim Harbaugh, and Jim Harbaugh's seat is – so hot right now, and he's probably gone after the year. We so. all think that it's so hot right now, but I bet you it's just fine because he he should have been honestly fired after the third time he wasn't able to beat Ohio State because that's normally how long coaches at Michigan get before they can beat Ohio State. This is this past like their loss to Michigan State was disgraceful. For it's bad. It's very bad. It so. was one of the worst that I can't I can remember. It is in Indiana. So Michigan's going on the road. To yeah, there's the there's another reason. Plus 125. Indiana's rigged higher as well, which is 
weird to think about Indiana football being better than Mich- Indi- or Michigan football, but I'm picking Indiana plus 125 yeah. to beat Michigan. Watch Hoosiers on Friday night and then watch Indiana see if they can upset the Big Blue. Uh, it would be cooler if it was the upset in the Big House. Michigan likes to give up big games in the Big House, but that would be huge if Indiana was able to pull off that one. And you'd win. What was the what was the line on that? Plus one twenty five. That's that's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, yeah. it's it's pretty good, especially for a team that's ranked higher. They they beat Penn State, who's halfway decent. Like it's it's really good odds on. A, are we sure they're a good game? Yeah, that's, I, I that's agree. Different. It's it's both ways too. Yeah. Are we sure Indiana's good? Are we sure Michigan's good? It's one of those games we'll find out. My next one, Andre Arlovsky, still fighting. I Jesus, didn't realize that. Fighting. I thought he'd retired like three times already. <laughs> Plus two twenty to beat his opponent, Tanner Bozer. Andre Arlovsky is one of like if you watch the Rocky series, you know it ain't over till it's over. You always got a puncher's chance. Andre Arlovsky can still knock anybody out. The problem is the longer he fights, the weaker his chin has been getting. So he's liable to get knocked out just as much as he's liable to knock the other guy out. But plus two twenty on a Hall of Famer like Andre Arlovsky is a pretty good line. That's that's yeah, that's an interesting. I don't know anything about Tanner Bozer. I don't know if he, he should win the fight, but you know if you if you're gonna gamble, gamble. That's fair. My next one, man. We're gonna have our first soccer talk on the pod. Here we go. I'm picking Shout man. Out, insert FC FC name. I'm picking Manchester United to beat Everton outright on Sunday. Man, right now, outright, not to tie. Just Manchester United to win is plus one forty. Picking them to win. Everton's. I don't know anything much about soccer, but I know Manchester United's halfway decent. All right, government, let's get. So uh, yes, I'm picking this. I thought I'd add a soccer one and to the beat so they can have a little fun. Uh, we don't ever watch soccer unless it's the World Cup, and then you still don't watch it. I don't really watch it. So I'm picking Manchester United to beat Everton outright. Okay. <laughs> Move uh, on from that. Yeah, I don't actually. I actually have. You have no take on that. You don't no. think you don't know if Manchester United is going to win. Football. <laughs> when you a little bit money, but that's some soccer. Uh, my my last one, American football. 49ers to beat the Packers is plus one twenty, and then uh, if you go into Fanduel with the win margin, uh, 49ers to win by I think one to thirteen is plus one eighty, but to win by fourteen or more is plus five fifty, and we all saw what happened to them last year. And I do think that the Packers are kind of at a crossroads. It could end up just the Packers could end up coming out and destroying them. But even if you bet them bet on the 49ers just to win plus 120 is, uh, I think the 49ers have a good chance to win, and that's um, a good return for. That's fair. I think kind I, of a it's going to be a great game on Thursday. Yeah. If you're watching us on Thursday, go watch that game. Uh, if you're listening to us, make sure you go watch it as well. Like yeah. it, that's one of the best games of the week. It's unfortunate it's on Thursday because there's a lot of shit show games on. Sunday that could have been on the Thursday sleep, but it works. Yeah, that'll be be something. Now let's move on to player of the week. I'm gonna go. I'll start off because I think my player of the week is gonna piss you off a little bit, just because it's a, it's an in division rival, cool. and he's a he's a guy who's been just having his way with the Broncos defense ever since he got into the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, won a Super Bowl last year. Travis Kelsey, eight receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he disappeared when he played the Broncos. When we sure. had one catch, because d- defense, our defense is good. And I'm, I'm going to put him back, and I'm giving him the player, my pick for player of the week, because as a leader, as a guy on the team who just got paid a lot of money, and a guy that they're going to look to to try and continue this championship run, he did exactly what he needed to do and bounced back and had a huge week when he hasn't been playing as well as as he needs to. They've still been winning, but now. Him going off like that, Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns, I think, four, four or five touchdowns and had over 400 yards. So his, he, when he's on, the offense is hot. 
Yeah, Travis Kelsey. But take it with a grain of salt, ladies and gentlemen. It was against the Jets. Take that with a grain of salt. He could that's, do the exact same thing to anybody in the league. That's fair, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick a guy that uh, put up big numbers against one of the best teams in the league, and that's Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, 163 yards, three touchdowns, basically willed the Vikings in a win against Green Bay at Green Bay. I think it's tough to pick against Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook had himself a day, and literally, Kirk Cousins, Cousins, like he had an okay day, but Dalvin Cook was the reason why they won that game. And going into Green Bay is not is, is a very difficult thing to do. Doing that in Lambeau is impressive. I don't think doing it against the Packers' defense is as impressive because they're a little bit soft in the middle. Uh, but that was was great. Yeah, it's all day. Great performance. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, he's – I like let Russ Cook more than I like let Dalvin Cook, even though it's his last name. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's one of the best – I think one of the best NFL players to come out of Florida State in a long time because mm-hmm. those guys have been busts recently. I thought he was going to be a bust too, but he's turned it around. He's played really well, yeah. When he's been healthy, he's been absolutely dominant. Uh, moving on to play of the week, I, I'm pretty sure I know what you're Yeah, I'll be. let you go first because I'm going to have some fun with this one. Go ahead, Jim. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with the more impressive touchdown, the more athletic touchdown, and the more athletic touchdown celebration. Nyan Hines, uh, on the, he's a running back for the Colts, got to play since Marlon Mack is hurt, took a pass, a little swing pass out of the backfield, crazy spin move, stayed inbounds on, along the sideline. Scored the touchdown. I think he spun from the 15 and yeah. then didn't finish it all the oh, way yeah, until after he crossed, crossed the goal line. And then he got up and did a cartwheel corkscrew backflip thing for his touchdown celebration. My pick for celebration of the year so far, just because the Seahawks haven't done any of their Backstreet Boys dancing. But that is definitely more impressive than what I'm Oh, no, 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 no. We're talking – we watch – if you guys watch basketball, you watch hockey, you, talk, you know about game winners. This was a game-winning touchdown and field goal. Oh, it's not the one I thought you it's, were. It's, I wanted to pick the Phil Lindsay 55-yard touchdown I run. I was very, very hesitant on that. I really wanted to do that. But you pick up the walk-off touchdown win. One second left on the clock. Drew Locke shows his legs off. K.J. Hamler falls in the end zone, called a butt-cheek game because Albert O. fell in the end oh, zone on his butt-cheek. Yeah. And then K.J. Hamler fell on his that butt. Me, one touchdown. It, it's, it's the butt-cheek game, baby. K.J. Hamler. KJ Hamler, great time for your first career touchdown. Drew Locke put the team on his back. One of the best two-minute drills we've seen from a Denver Broncos quarterback in five years, and that's just facts. So I give Drew Locke a lot of credit there. KJ made a play out of nothing. Um, KJ was right there. Drew Locke found him right in the spot. Game winner. Can't. I mean, it's a walk-off, man. It it's was, a walk-off touchdown. It's like it's like seeing a walk-off home run or like like Lucas shot when he did in the bubble. Like, it was a game winner. Like, it's one of those things. I, it's a game-winning touchdown. I'll tell you, scheme-wise, it was pretty beautiful just because the way that play is set up, so they have the read option. They could have been a handoff, mm-hmm. and they could have tried to score it that way. But they gave Locke the read option in the beginning, and then with the run-pass option, whether if – so I think it was – I don't know if it was King, whoever was the mm-hmm. guy covering Hamler – when he came across on his on his route, he could either cover Hamler, which meant Drew was going to take the ball and try and run it himself, yep. or if he started chasing after Drew, so that didn't happen, nobody's covering KJ Hamler. It was as good execution as I've seen the Broncos have like on a play where they could have done any three of the options on that play, and they probably would have come out with the same. Like They probably would have been able to score handing it off, and they probably would have been able to score if KJ Hamler's covered up. I think Drew Locke probably makes it – 
And he has at least has a better chance of getting into the end zone than recent quarterbacks than they've had in the past. Fantastic. So, it's a I'll walk give... off, it's a walk off game winning touchdown. That's why it's play of the league. I really want to pick Phil Lindsay's touchdown because like I said, the dude's been unreal and he hits the hole so hard. Pause on that, but he hits the ball he runs the ball so damn hard and I yeah, love watching him play football. Up to the second level fast. I gotta give love to Drew Locke and KJ Handler, man. KJ, like I said, first career touchdown. Hopefully that elevates him more because he's he could be really good. He's got he's Fantastic speed. I'll give you a shout out. Just like I said, that's as a football guy, that's that's like watching a perfect, perfectly executed pick and roll with point three seconds yep. left on the clock. That was just beautiful. Even as an offensive lineman, I, I can I can still appreciate that. That's going to be the ending of our segments. We're not nearly as long winded this episode as we have been. In the yeah, last our whole weeks. episode will, will fit into the time slot yeah. now. We, we have to think of our overboard. We got cut off last week on the Unhinged Network. Listen to us on the Unhinged Network every Wednesday from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, 10 to. Or 11, 11 to 1, to 1 here. 1, 11 to 1. Daylight uh, savings time, Jimmy. Time. The time doesn't change that bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm still. Uh, and, and I work still struggling with, with that. Well, I work with time zones at, at my job, too, so I'm, I'm still getting, back, getting, getting better with those. If you're listening on Unhinged right now, stay tuned for the Duff City podcast. we got big things planned for the Masters. Yeah. I know Duff City's got some big things planned for Next the Next week we will have two episodes. We'll, you'll hear our normal episode on Wednesday. Then we'll have a bonus episode with my good friend, um, a guy who went to Indiana, loves Indiana sports, but is a huge golf guy. Big Jeremy golf guy. Fear will be on the, on the podcast. He'll be shitting, shooting the shot with us. I mean... He's going to have a lot to say. Tigers in the running, man. I'm go- my beat of the league next week is going to include the Masters. I'll just yeah. tell you right now. But Tigers maybe going to go back-to-back. What a great story that was last year. Um, Rory's in the mix. Dustin Johnson. Going to be a very, fire, very fun podcast. You and won't want to miss that. It will be more he, likely coming out Friday, too. If you know Jeremy, he's never at a loss for words. Oh, it'll he's be, gonna be able to talk. straight excitement. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it'll be a good one next week. So stay tuned for Duff City Podcast. Get your Masters to fill in. And uh, be sure to listen to us on our audio platforms on demand. Subscribe, rate us, leave a review. If you start leaving reviews and they're funny or entertaining or a good story, we'll start reading the reviews online. Go like and subscribe on YouTube too. Yep. Like we said, if you're listening to the audio on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you may be, go watch the YouTube show. YouTube show is a, it's it, it's we, an it's an orange it's an orange theme day. Yeah. I got my orange, orange Peyton jersey. Jimmy's got his orange Munoz, Munoz jersey. I mean, I'm going to have something different every week. It's it's We may not look great, but not, it's entertaining seeing us interact with each other live in person too. You could be just another part of the conversation on YouTube, so be sure to like and subscribe. Turn on the notifications so you don't miss an Hit the bell. There. Hit the bell. Hit the bell. Uh, that's, I think. And then follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at F-E-O-T-P, F-E-O-T-P pod. And TikTok. Be sure Sunday. Also, look NFL on his Sunday. Yeah, NFL Jimmy's going to be moderating it. Jimmy's going to be moderating it. Wake your ass up at 8 a.m., those Denver folks. Yeah, it'll be – if you're not up by 8 a.m. and you, you get up later in the day, you'll be able to go back and listen. On your way to church, go go listen to us on, the, on your drive to church. And just before everything hits and before all football starts, we'll sh- we have a lot of great personalities yeah. on the show. You won't want to miss it. Good. Jay Dash and Carlos from the Jay Dash Morning Show. You hear them Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Zach Kylan from Gridiron Gallery. His show is on the network on Fridays as well. High Low Sports with DJ and Kelsey. They come out every Thursday on the network. And then Nico and myself. Nico will be more of an analyst. I'm more of the Sam Ponder. Not nearly as blonde or good looking. But <laughs> I'll be keeping everything on, on the rails. And, and that will be a lot of fun. 
that'll be something it'll continue throughout the rest of the football season and then depending on how that goes we might have some basketball shows coming up too and, and we'll do something big for the Super Bowl because we got tons of stuff coming on the Unhinged Network and so many great shows on the pod on, on that network and we're all just loving being able to collaborate get with your them. fix with everything like we said we're we're a little bit of trick of all trades because we talk about all sports but there's a basketball co- podcast the reserves yep. um, Jay dash if you want to listen to the morning show there's a wrestling show chokeslam wrestling show um the ufc show jfo who we talk a lot with on twitter interact yep. with Duff city like we said golf um there's a hockey guys in canada as well man there's a little bit of everything yep so the if you're looking for new podcasts, go go catch go check them out. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and they're all on demand as well. So if you miss them on the network, you can go back and listen to all their old shows on every podcasting platform there is as well. Just wanted to give a, a quick shout out to everybody. Uh, I know we mentioned it in our YouTube channel, and then the center of attention came out before this. We're recording this episode, but the the fundraiser for Coach Barron, his scholarship fund. Uh, I'll give you guys a quick update as of Monday night. At 9 o'clock, $22,895 have been raised. The links to those are on our YouTube, in the description of our YouTube shows. And I put them out on our social medias as well. But they're trying to raise $25,000 so a perpetual scholarship can be set up in uh, Coach Ray Barron's name. It would be huge for future wrestlers. And it's honestly probably the one thing that he would have wanted is a way to be, be able to help wrestlers get to college from beyond the grave. And... Uh, if you're able to, sh- to donate, donate. If you're able to share it, share it. It'll be huge for the family and, and for Colorado wrestling as a whole. It'd be, it'd be great. And then also, if you want to check it out, we post the center of attentions on our YouTube as well. And you can go back and watch Jimmy's um, great piece on Coach Barron last week and his center of attention. So all the center of attentions will be on YouTube as well. It'll only be two minutes long. So if you don't want to sit through the whole show, um, usually you can check out the center of attentions. Yep, quick bites. So... With that, I think we got everything out of the way. We've talked for about as long as we can. And uh, this has been Far End of the Bench, episode 13. We'll see you guys next week. Peace! This is the Dollar Bell Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices and I made it a habit. Towing them pictures and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elephants are getting ahead of me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they all but the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a slant. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it for 30 to straight to the